Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We're the guys at ReviewingBrew.com. You know who we are. We have been having a ton of stuff go up at the site because it was trade deadline week this past week. So much going on across the world of baseball. And I'll tell you, Matt, I am exhausted. It is <laughs> a lot going on, a lot of rumors, a lot of trades, and... As much as I didn't want it to end, I'm kind of glad it's all finally over and we can just relax and take a breath. Yeah, we needed to get to the point where we could finally let the dust settle and see, wrap our heads around what actually happened. I spent three days in Chicago for work earlier this week, was trying to negotiate an Eloy trade, and you know what? They just, they just well, they first off they wouldn't let me through the front door, so that was oh. the problem. But uh, don't they know who you are? I I I I played that card so many times in a row. Maybe that actually was the reason they didn't let me in. But mm. uh, the White Sox didn't give them up, unfortunately. But plenty of other moves that the Brewers did end up doing. Um, yeah, it was. I'm I'm with you. I was glad to actually spend some time in my carpooling back and forth to Chicago, catching up on the news and the trades and everything like that. Cause of course I'd be like in this training session and my phone would start buzzing and I'd be like, Oh no, they did something. I want to know what it is and wouldn't be able to read it. It was so frustrating, but yeah, yeah. it's a lot to catch up on. Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely was. And I mean, I had the, I had the same thing too over the, over the weekend, I went to go see Oppenheimer uh, and that's a that's a three hour movie, and I, and I'm going in. I'm like, oh god, if if they're gonna do anything, it's probably gonna be within the next three hours here. When I'm stuck in this movie, and the Brewers didn't, but I come out of the movie to find out Max Scherzer has been traded. That's right. Yep. <laughs> which was shocking to me. I, I I figured the Mets were selling a little bit, but Scherzer, and then Verlander goes, and it's oh my god. The Mets, the most expensive failure on baseball. See, here, here's the thing. As, as much as many Brewers fans are just like, why don't we have an owner like Steve Cohen? Get someone <laughs> who will spend. Like, 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 why don't we do what the, why can't we do what the Mets do? Let's get someone like Steve Cohen to own the team. Steve Cohen goes in, throws money at everybody, and they suck. Mm-hmm. And they have to sell at the deadline. And... You know, maybe the Brewers' strategy of bites at the apple, as annoying as it is, isn't too bad. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I, my buddy texted me to uh, about us getting uh, Kana or Kanya. Or, I've heard it pronounced both ways, by the way. Um, apparently, there is supposed to be a little tilde above the N, but it, I tilde. never hear anyone pronounce. He's a it white that. dude from Jersey. I know, but I saw I saw it the other day. Like someone point pointed it out. Uh, one of the Mets writers actually pointed it out a couple months ago. I was like, oh, well, that's I don't know why anyone would think to do that. But anyway, well, I'll probably. I mean, he's not from Jersey. Before. He's from California, but it oh, sounded, okay. it sounded not, better when I said that. But I I totally believed you. I I I did not fact check. I'm glad you good job fact checking yourself. But regardless, hold up the Google here. Yeah, not not from Jersey, from from California, but <laughs> still like. There's no tilde there. It's 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 Mark it's Mark Kana or Kana. Yeah, I don't sure. I don't remember. I don't know. Either I mean, way, we got Mark. Yes, we got a Mark. <laughs> we, we got Mark on the Brewers now. 
Uh, when, when we talked on last week's pod, I believe we already had Carlos Santana. That trade was already done. So the big question was, what are they going to do next? And Mark Canna is the answer. And he's going to help out in the outfield and at DH. We've seen him at DH quite a bit already. And the Brewers gave up Justin Jarvis, pitching prospect, in order to get him. This is a guy who's been rising. But, I mean, he was a fifth-round pick out of high school back in 2018. Didn't really have much of a prospect status for a while. Then over the last year or so, he started to put it together a little bit. His status has, has been rising. And he, he ended up making it to AAA. Got roughed up a bit in AAA. And the Brewers are seemingly selling high on Justin Jarvis's value. And they get Marcana. And he comes in. And look, I know his numbers this year are not going to blow any of us out of the water. He's hitting like 240. Uh, with a couple of homers, about like a league average bat, 102 OPS plus or something, I think I saw coming in. And like, okay, like it, it's a league average bat. But considering how poor the Brewers were in right field when they got him, I'd say that's a massive improvement to the lineup. It's an improvement that we're not going to have to see Blake Perkins out there all the time. It's an improvement that we're not going to have to see Tyrone Taylor out there all the time. Getting Canna in there, having a 240 hitter to come in and replace one of the 200 hitters or one of the 190 hitters that's been in the lineup, that's a nice improvement to the lineup. Definitely. And I know when I wrote about him, first time finally I've written about a, a trade deadline target that the Brewers actually went and got. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Eventually, we got it. I got to hit one of those things. But uh, when I wrote about him at the time, I think he was he had a his on base percentage was 346, and that would have ranked him third at that point on the Brewers in on base percentage. And the Brewers, when I had looked it up a few days ago, were 25th in the league in on base percentage. So they mm-hmm. need guys to get on base, and even though his batting average is low. That on-base percentage still fits in really well with the Brewers. It fits a need, not only in right field, which was, along with DH, was one of their just most god-awful positions on the team this year offensively, Um, but it fits a team need in terms of on-base guys. So he can do that. That helps the Brewers out. He's already scored scored a run earlier. Uh, He scored one tonight as well, so he's got a couple, you know, under his belt. So that really helps out the Brewers in this case, but like you were kind of getting to like almost anything would have helped the production in right field with how God awful it was for a while. And he can play, he's got some first base experience. So that's Mm. been another trouble area for the, for the Brewers. I think Santana gets a lion's share of that action being that he's a good defender over there. And then Rowdy Telez eventually comes back as well, but it's at least a, backup option for another position that the Brewers have suffered offensively. It was a good pickup for the Brewers, and it was one that made a lot of sense. And I know there was it was on a lot of people's wish lists. It may not be the sexiest move, uh, but it was a smart move for the Brewers for sure. Yeah. But and here's the thing too with uh, you know trying to find the the sexy moves. Where were they at this trade deadline? There yeah. really wasn't much. It, it was a very weak hitters market there were not a lot of guys out there sure we heard the rumors about Eloy Jimenez and we all 
a lot of us got our hopes up about Eloy Jimenez being available or Tim Anderson, even though he's having an awful year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some have thrown out Pete Alonso, and apparently Pete Alonso was on the trade block. Uh, He had a massively high asking price. Yeah. Uh, the the Mets would probably ask probably be asking for Churio for Pete Alonso there, and that's uh, not really an area that that I'd really be willing to go. <laughs> as no. much as I love Pete Alonso, I do love me some Jackson Churio. Uh, so where where was that that big mashing bat out there on the market? Once once Shohei got pulled off the market, once uh, you know the Cubs decided to sell, Bellinger was off the market. Um, you know, once a, a lot of these teams who probably could have sold decided to buy, mm-hmm. there was not much out there on the market. So what the Brewers ended up doing was getting a couple of bats that are improvements over what they currently have at those positions. So you make some some improvements to the lineup and you don't really give up a whole bunch of uh, your prospect capital to to get it done. So. It worked out pretty well, I think, for for what the market was giving them. They they played it as as best they could, getting a couple of solid bats, making sure they got their upgrades in time, and not needing to panic like they did last year. They did, and it was really interesting to see how many of the teams didn't end up selling that probably would have been a really good idea to sell. The White Sox did sell some guys off, but yeah, they didn't let Eloy go. Um, Dylan Cease was one that a lot of people thought maybe they could pry away. Dylan Cease didn't go. I'm surprised Tim Anderson didn't go because with a, I know he hasn't been good this year, but he has a really good track record for, I mean, the last four seasons really. Um, And like that, maybe some team would have at least tried a chance. He's got a, team option for next year so essentially would have been a rental but even he doesn't end up going you're right Shohei doesn't end up going the Cubs caught fire so they didn't sell San Diego for whatever reason is delusional and thinks that they're still going to compete that is still uh, uh, hilarious to me but because of that Snell doesn't go Hater doesn't go they actually end up buying a little bit yeah. but not Juan like, Soto doesn't go yeah, Juan there are rumors Soto doesn't that he go. could be out there and then he got pulled off Right. So a lot of these players that were on a lot of, you know, Brewers fans wish lists, even though they're the, you know, they're the reach for the stars wish lists, they just didn't end up going anywhere outside of when when Scherzer and Verlander went. Yeah, that was like the kickoff of those are two crazy big names. And that was kind of the kickoff of the second wave of the trade deadline, the final wave of the trade deadline. But nothing after those two nearly rivaled those two names no nothing even close and so it was it was interesting to see how few people went so yes the brewers kind of got what they could i think you and i both the the one name that we wish maybe they could have gotten and it's even a bigger regret because the cubs did end up getting him was mm-hmm. candelario both of us liked him would love to see him on the Brewers. Would have been a great fit at third base. They definitely could have made it work. Um, but there were a lot of teams up for his services, so the Cubs just ended up winning out on that one. But outside of that one, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot of other guys out there that I am sad that they didn't get. Like, I would have liked, like, Eloy, sure, that would have been a great get. But, like, 
clearly the Brewers would have had to give up a ransom to get him, and I don't want the Brewer. This Brewers team isn't so talented. They're they're better than their record is. I I still believe, but they're not so talented that the Brewers needed to leverage their future to get a player like you know an, an Eloy Jimenez or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though you can have Eloy for a couple of years, it, it's trying to balance. I mean, he's a DH only guy. Yep. He has missed a lot of the last several years with injuries. Mm-hmm. He's, only, he's only got one season in his career with more than 100 games played, yep. and that was his rookie season. So it, it's been a while since Eloy's been able to do all that. So, yeah, I get it. I would have loved Eloy as well, but he just didn't go. And, and this is so much different than what the Brewers deadline was last year, obviously starting yeah. off with, with the hater trade, but what they were trying to do was, was pull off a, a whole bunch of stuff uh, at once. You know, once, once they kicked off the hater trade, you know, they had, they had a couple other big moves lined up that, that they wanted to get done, but they didn't have done. And the next thing you know, those players get pulled back and they don't end up moving and the Brewers are left holding the bag and, and they're left, looking looking stupid so they did it so much differently this time around they went out earlier and got santana and then the day before the deadline they went out and got canna so that they had their two bats they they had santana they had canna they addressed two major holes in the lineup and they can feel good about that and you can obviously be open to how everything else is going on uh, at the at the trade deadline, if prices come down, if you know, however things change, if if other players are on the market, you can adjust and and you can still make more moves, but you don't feel the need to, because if they go into that final day without having gotten Canna, you still feel the need for one more bat, and that could end up leading to an overpay, could end up leading to getting a, a bad bat, you know, get, getting the wrong kind of player because you need to get just somebody, so. They, they went in with, with a good spot with it. Uh, they get Mark Hanna to, to help out right field. And then, okay, well, what else do we need? Left-handed reliever. And the yeah. Brewers get the most quintessential Brewer-looking left-handed reliever <laughs> in the history of baseball, Andrew Chafin. He comes in to the Brewers with his fantastic mustache and his curly hair. And it's, and it's like Pete Vukovic reincarnated or Bernie Brewer as a pitcher, it is fantastic. And I don't know why why Chafin becoming a Brewer didn't happen years ago. Right. Yeah, no, just perfect. I, I just pulled his picture up in front of me now, and my God, I mean, that is just, a, like, crack a beer open, on the mound type energy right there. I, I did want... I was pulling for the Brewers to bring back, to do a Brent Suter reunion. Yeah. I think that would have been the yeah. one thing outside of this that I would have preferred more. Um, and I think it was perfectly set up for it. Um, but that's okay. Uh, the the Rockies really only sold to an extent as well. Um, they did get rid of Grichik. They did get rid of Brand Hand. So another guy I was hoping they'd maybe target. But Chafin, I... I uh, had written one this offseason about relievers they could have potentially targeted, left-handed relievers, I think it was, actually. And Chafin was one of the guys I had there. So um, I've admired him for a little bit here, and so the Brewers get him a little bit later than that. But, 
yeah, love bringing him in. It's That's a very solid left-hander to have in who has some very, very good history of success over the most recent few years. Um, take a little bit of load off of Holby Milner, which he has done such a good job in the bullpen this season, like props to him, but he shouldn't have to, you know, bear the weight of being the only left-hander in the bullpen, the only decent left-hander in the bullpen, because Bruce have called up a couple others along the way, and they just nah, didn't didn't quite the Bennett Souza uh, experience didn't yeah. quite work out among Beats others. And smalls and, right. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have that extra option in there alongside him. And man, this bullpen sure feels to be all of a sudden in a much 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 more stable space. They were already started kind of starting to get there. With the, you know, Abner Uribe uh, joining, there's potentially you've got a Aaron Ashby sighting that could happen towards the end of the season here. Um, now you've got Andrew Chafin. Um, that middle of the, the middle relief section was really shaky there for a second and feeling a lot more confident in them at, now that the trade deadline's finished. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing, too, because a lot of us looked at Chafin and we saw his, his 419 ERA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh. He's not having that great of a season. You know, he's just kind of been okay. But in reality, he was having an excellent season before one blow-up outing. Like, mm-hmm. one blow-up outing can really ruin a reliever's ERA. He had that on July 24th. So just a few days before the deadline, gave up five runs and two-thirds of an inning. So just kind of really had had one struggle outing. Prior to that, his ERA, 297. So he's he was having an excellent season. It was just that that one outing that really just brought it brought it way up. Uh, but the Brewers end up getting Chafin. They send out Peter Strzelecki, uh in return. So a, a player that's cheaper has longer term control. That is why the Diamondbacks made this move because the Diamondbacks are contending as well. So sending out right. a veteran lefty like Chafin didn't seem to make much sense on its face. But they get a a bullpen arm they can use back in Strzelecki, who he looked good like early on in the season, and then he basically like hit a wall, it seemed, uh, and, and just struggled, and he was option to the minors, then he came back, and then he's traded. So Strezelecki is out. Uh, wish him all the best down in Arizona. Uh, but Chafin now is in. And I mean, the only reason this need came about mm-hmm. is because Justin Wilson ended yep. up getting hurt, and I felt so bad for him watching this happen while, while the Brewers were out there on the road, Justin Wilson finally gets activated from the injured list. He he's brought back and, and he's warming up in the bullpen and Craig Council's about to call him in. And on his final warm-up pitch, he feels something in, in his lat or, or his triceps and just pulls or whatever. And he is just in severe pain right as he's about to come in. And they, they show him uh, on the camera just crouching down, pulling his head over his head. And I could not help but feel so bad for this dude. For this dude, I have never met. I was practically tearing up on the couch watching this. This dude has been through 14 months of rehab, thousands of hours of rehab away from baseball, from Tommy John surgery, spending so much time trying to get back, putting in all that work. And all the rehab assignments and and the pitching and just trying to get yourself back out there. It is such a grind mentally going through that. And when he's 
finally there. He's finally activated. He's on the he's on the bullpen mound. He's ready to come on in and finally complete his comeback. And right before he gets to the finish line, pulls it and doesn't get to go in. And it's just it's so brutal and heartbreaking. I I feel so bad for Justin Wilson and I, I hope he's able to make a return at some point this year, but man, that was just that was awful to see. Yeah, there there are so many great parts of sports and fun stories and re- feel good stories and re- reasons why we love watching teams and following players and all these things, but it it's so balanced out sometimes so cruelly by some of the things like that that can happen or you know players who you know get close to the majors and then can never quite crack it and it yeah it it sucks to your point like of someone that like you've never even met before but you can see the pain you can see the anguish and it's hard to not have that strike a chord, you know, personally. And it was it was hard to watch. Um, yeah, I, I the way they've made it sound, I don't I don't have a lot of optimism that he returns this year. I just hope that he gets to keep pitching. Period. Like for a career, I, I'm not saying this is career ending like type of injury, but you know, some players do decide that like you know what, this is too much and. He he's seems 35. Like a, right. He's up there in age. He seems clearly like a fighter. He went through that whole grind. But, I mean, just to be set back again in what sounds like a potentially major setback, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope he ends up playing again, and I hope it's with the Brewers because I was really looking forward to that outing as well. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what his future holds. I hope it holds the best. But that was it was tough to watch. Yes, yep, we have Andrew Chafin now, and um, we got that second lefty in the pen. But you're right, we shouldn't have had to make that move in the first place because Justin Wilson was supposed to be that quote-unquote trade deadline acquisition, but not really that the Brewers were going to get, and then it ends up kind of changing their plans. And credit to Matt Arnold, he adjusted well in that move to Andrew Chafin, grabbing someone from a team who's a competitor, which I'm sure isn't easy to do either. Um, they were able to get someone, but yeah, it, it, it shouldn't have had to happen. That's the unfortunate part. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's so brutal. Just, just know, just it's heartbreaking knowing the mental anguish that, that he's going through. I've seen guys go through the rehab process and it sucks, man. It is. It, it sucks. Like, like there's no way around it. So it's 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 just a poor situation for for him and and the Brewers having to adjust uh, w- without him, uh, but uh, their bullpen seems in in pretty good hands. Uh, but that was really kind of we we thought that was going to be the final move that the Brewers made on deadline day. You know they get Andrew Chafin. There there was a rumor about him early on in the morning. Ken Rosenthal was hearing that the Brewers were interested and Chafin was on the market. Next thing you know, we we see the trade come on down with a couple hours to go, and then as as things continue to wind down, the Brewers make a couple of of minor moves that aren't really doing much for the big league roster, but still moves nonetheless. The Brewers made a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays 
They sent AAA catcher Alex Jackson to the Rays, and they brought back AAA right-handed pitcher Evan McKendry. Uh, McKendry not on the 40-man roster. Jackson not on the 40-man roster. So this is a complete minor league swap. They could have done this any time, really. The, the trade deadline wasn't going to stop that. But they get McKendry. He's some uh, AAA pitching depth now. Jackson goes out. The Brewers have like three really solid hitting catchers uh, down there in AAA. Uh, so let's let's talk about this trade first before we get to the next one. Going out is Jackson. And Matt, it feels like this is clearing room for Jefferson Caro to finally make the move up to AAA. Definitely. That, that I, I don't see any reason any reason besides that that this would have happened i mean alex jackson was you you could argue you know between him and peyton henry who their best performing catcher was henry's hitting better jackson uh has had kind of some better power numbers uh but alex jackson jackson was a very high performing catcher for them at triple a he was a former uh you know first round pick they tried him out a little bit at the majors last season. He ends up, you know, um, being DFA'd at one point, but staying with the system. But th- clearly the Brewers saw something there that they were continuing to try and work with and, you know, see if they could maybe coax out that former first-round status out of him again. And yet they end up trading him for a pitcher who, you know, looking at his numbers, he, with Durham, he's got an ERA of uh, four even, but the year, his career ERA is 3.57, so solid, but not like anything outrageously crazy. He was a ninth rounder for the Rays in 2019, so it's not like they're getting a former first rounder here. Um, yes, so that's it 100% feels to me like they are clearing out that catching spot for a specific reason. Last year, they did that whole wave of promotions where... Um, Weimer and Freelich and Mitchell all came up to AAA on the Tuesday, uh, I guess, of the trade deadline last year. It was just after the trade deadline was done. Um, so right around this time is when the Brewers like to do that. They've got Caro down there. He's on the IL, but he's performed really well all season. They've got Jackson Churio doing Jackson Churio things. They've got Tyler Black doing Tyler Black things. It's It, it, it feels like that perfect time again to do that wave of promotions but you got to clear a little bit of roster space first and i know they brought back a pitcher in that situation but they did clear out a catch it wouldn't make sense to have four catchers on the roster Mm -hmm. so they cleared out a catching spot on the roster it's got to be it that has to be the reason yeah and uh you know get yourself some solid pitching depth which can never have too much of, and you know, perhaps he's someone that they could call upon at some point this year. But still, if I'm the Brewers and I need a, I need starting pitching help, I, I need a spot start. I'd rather call upon jo- uh, Robert Gasser. Um, I almost said Josh Gasser. <laughs> got, <laughs> got Badger basketball on the mind, uh, but but yeah, I'd rather they call upon Gasser uh, to to get that done if they need it. But yeah, so that was a trade that kind of came on down. It's like okay, well that's. Something, I guess, uh, not really too worried about it. But then, uh, you know, the trade deadline passes and 
we still see deals trickle in, you know, a few minutes after the, the trade deadline. And the Brewers completed one with one minute to spare mm-hmm. before the deadline. We didn't find out about it until about, what, 15 minutes or so after the trade deadline it, it came oh. out. From Talking Jake, the people's source, Luis Urias going to the Boston Red Sox. We show is gone. And Matt, we show was a fan favorite of so many, including <laughs> reviewing the Brewers' own Josh Waldick. Uh, he is in mourning right now. Uh, it has been it has been tough. Uh, we should send him a fruit basket or something. <laughs> he needs yes, it. He really needs it. Uh, but Luis Arias is is gone. Um, and Matt, I'm I'm a little surprised, but I'm not totally surprised. The writing seemed on the wall for Urias when the Brewers didn't call him back up after Brian Anderson went on the injured list. Uh, he'd been down there for a while, and, and he'd really kind of start putting it together, but the Brewers still weren't calling on him, um, bringing him back up, despite the struggles of some of the other infielders. And now uh, he gets traded for a uh, minor league pitching prospect. Yeah, I... I would still, I was more surprised by the Brewers trading Strezlecki, to be honest, than I was the Brewers trading Urias. Um, For a long time, it seemed like he was going to be a part of their future. You know, third baseman, utility man, whatever it was going to be. But he was going to be a part of them. He's still only, you know, 26 years old. um, So it's not like he's, you know, he's not even hitting his prime yet. Um, But you're right. The fact that, you know, Andre Monasterio was still up here, and he's he's got some decent offensive numbers, but he's a below-average defender uh, in terms of the, you know, the advanced statistics. So is, would that be a reason you would potentially go to Urias? Nope, they continue to go with Monasterio. They continue to go with Abraham Toro uh, as a utility infielder, even after um, Urias started getting hot down there at AAA. And, yeah, it did definitely feel... Like, that was the case. And talking with the boys in Green Bay uh, a little bit this afternoon, felt like maybe this could have been basically preempting a non-tender. Uh, he was, mm-hmm. He's making $4.7 million this year. Players don't generally lose in, lose money or go down in money in arbitration, except for in you know very severe cases. And so, you know, for a player like Urias, who was the way that he was this year, were you going to want to pay him that much money when you've got guys like Amonasterio, you've got Brian Anderson already for this year, he's only on a one-year contract, you've got Tyler Black getting really close to the majors who can play in a lot of positions that include third base, Um, you've got guys that can fill that position essentially right now own miller let's throw him in there too uh-huh. and you know you've got him for a little while at a cheaper price um it, it made sense and now you get to move on from urias and you bring in a guy who is going to be rule five eligible so you, you you've got to make kind of a little bit of a decision in him in this uh in blaylock um so in the red sox's uh case 
they end up giving up a guy who they maybe were going to have to make a decision about this coming off season. So you kind of swap those, but the Brewers get to at least see someone new who they can see maybe fits a different need for them going forward. So yeah, you start to dig into it a little bit more and it makes more and more and more sense when you think about why the Brewers ended up moving on from Marius. Unfortunate, you know, he was a guy who, you know, he was fun to have in the clubhouse. He had some big moments for the Brewers. The first game I got to, I went to with you, the first game post-COVID game mm-hmm. that I ended up going to uh, was that game against the Cubs where Urias broke the game open with a double down the left field line. I still sp- very specifically remember that. And so, yeah. you know, he had some big, big, big stuff that he did for the Brewers. But in the end, he's a guy with a 235 career batting average who, at his best, that 2021 season, his best season for the Brewers, had an OPS of 789, which certainly isn't something that you, like, can't live without. So it, it's, yeah, sad. I know it's sadder for some people like Josh even, um, but it, it's it was a logical move when you really start to break it down. Yeah, it, it was definitely trending towards a non-tender this winter, just with the money he was going to make and how he was performing this season. So, yeah, I get it. Get something for him while you can. And, and Bradley Blaylock, uh, that's going to be fun to say, Bradley <laughs> Blaylock, uh, in return. And, I mean, the, the Rule 5 thing for Blaylock He's down in like low A, I think, right now. So I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to be too worried about protecting him because if someone else takes him, they're going to have to put him on their big league roster, and I don't think he's ready for that. No. Uh, but Matt Arnold had some really interesting comments on him. I mean, th- this is a dude who he's in his first year back after Tommy John surgery, and he's throwing the ball well. Mm-hmm. But Matt Arnold says that Blaylock like immediately slots in as one of the Brewers' better pitching prospects. I'm like. Really? I hadn't seen Blaylock listed on any Red Sox top prospects lists anywhere. I mean, he wasn't really highly regarded uh, by anyone in the industry. And Matt Arnold says that this dude's one of the one of the better pitching prospects in the Brewers organization now. And the Brewers, I mean, they don't have a ton of pitching prospects down in the minors, but they do got some good ones. Mizorowski, uh, Gasser, Carlos Rodriguez, Abner Uribe. Uh, you know, like, does he slot in among that group or is he more on the, uh, the Cam Robinson, the Logan Henderson side, the Josh Noth side, uh, you know, where is, where is slotting in as, as one of the better pitching prospects? Is he a top 30 guy? I, so MLB pipeline put him in at 15. Wait, really? Yes. Did they come out with their updated lists? Well, they put him on it. They didn't update it with the draftees and whatnot, but like a lot of the players who switched teams at the deadline, they did end up updating those ones. And yes, he uh, comes in for MLB pipeline as the 15th best prospect for the Brewers. So that's below Abner Uribe, Carlos Rodriguez, Ethan Small. Ethan Small, I think, will fall uh, with this next re-rank, but regardless, that's where he is now. But above your Cam Robinson, your Logan Henderson, um, those are the other two, basically, that are pitching yeah. projects prospects on the top 30 for now. But yeah, so he, even uh, Pipeline, ends up sliding him in. Now, maybe that ends up changing with a re-rank as well, because they probably, you know, I'm sure they have some master list, and they know roughly where he would compare to other teams. But uh, 
Um, yeah, that's that's not too shabby. 15th ranked uh, prospect in the Brewers system now. Yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, this year he is he has made 11 starts and he's got a 2.19 ERA mm-hmm. and 53 and a third innings, just 13 walks, 58 strikeouts, 1.01 WHIP. These are uh, really good numbers. So, yeah. yeah, the Brewers bringing him in. He made it up to high A and. That's where he is now. So, uh, yeah, so we will see uh, Bradley Blaylock. Uh, maybe he's someone that we got to uh, keep an eye on here in the future. Because, I mean, Luis Arias, like, he should fetch you something decent, even though he's been having a, a down year. I mean, he's not going to get you a top 100 prospect at this point. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting trade. I mean, the, the Brewers get a solid pitching prospect in exchange for a guy that they were going to non-tender. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently slots in at, at 15th. And, Speaking of uh, slotting guys in, I, I think we got to mention this as well. As soon as the Mark Canna trade was made and Justin Jarvis was sent off the Brewers top 30, uh, Jarvis was was currently at 30th, uh, but he was going to move way up in the re-rank. Baseball America had Jarvis as 12th in the system, uh, but they took Jarvis off and in his place, they put Luke Adams on the top 30. He slotted in uh, at 27, actually. Um, so he moves up, uh, doesn't, doesn't come in right at 30, but moves up to 27. And he's been putting on a show these past couple of weeks, uh, in Carolina up to an 862 OPS now 15 doubles, nine homers, 27 stolen bases, and nearly as many walks as strikeouts. So Luke Adams has been putting on a show. Dude, 27 stolen bases. Yeah. I, I know. Oh, he was the same guy. He stole nine bases in 11 games last year in rookie ball after he got drafted. Huh. And he stole five in high school. Or not high school. Yeah, they drafted him out of high school. Yeah, high school. Okay. As far as we know. High school stats are very hard to get. Oh, no, this is a summer, whatever summer league team he ended up playing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I played played in the summer ball leagues for for only a handful of games, but yeah. yeah. Okay, but yeah, I I did not. Wow. Okay. Now, granted, I know that uh, uh, especially starting last year, um, they like to run wild in the Carolina league. Um, they do. So <laughs> that probably helps a little bit. But I yeah, I didn't know we had a, a little speed demon on hand with him too. Um, but no, he was um uh uh. Low A player of the week, Carolina League player of the week a few weeks ago. So, like, he really started getting hot recently. And we got to see. I, I know he was a, that friend of the website a little bit early when they when he got drafted. So maybe we can get him on the podcast. So I, yeah. I think we got to try and get him on. This yeah, I'll try. After the season. I, I think he's a little busy right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where things uh, shook out on the uh, top 30 prospects list. So overall, with with the deadline, the Brewers made several trades. Carlos Santana, Mark Canna, Andrew Chafin, all guys that are that are on the big league roster now. Uh, Luis Rios gets sent out. Alex Jackson out. Strzelecki out. Um, So overall, Matt. What grade would you give the Brewers for this deadline? How, how, how would you 
say that they did overall? I think when I thought about it afterwards, I think I gave them a solid B. I think the guys that they got are guys that 100% make sense. They fill needs on the Brewers. Could the Brewers have gotten some better guys if they had gotten maybe a little bit more aggressive with their trade offers? Sure. Could they have brought someone in maybe a little more specifically to play like designated hitter? Which is because that's the thing they get brought in Santana to play first base and they brought in Canada to play the outfield and you end up kind of rotating some guys to designated hitter just as a result but you didn't bring anyone in specifically to play that position and that offensively is actually the Brewers' worst position so I, I think you end up upgrading a little a little bit just as a result but. Could they have also gotten someone to slot into there? Maybe that was, I think, if anything, if if I had a miss for them during the trade deadline, it would have been that. But getting back to the earlier points with who is out there, I think the Brewers did well to get pretty close to the best of who was available. So because that, yeah, sure, it could have been better, but it certainly could have been way worse. It certainly wasn't last year, let's be honest. Yes. They didn't trade for any Trevor Rosenthal's, did they? Uh, uh, no, they did not. The reliever they got was healthy. Yes, exactly. What a miracle. So I give them a solid B. Yeah. Yeah, comparing to last year's trade deadline, this this team gets an A+. Plus. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, my goodness. I mean, that yeah, last year was just oh, ridiculous. It was one bad thing after another. You know it's bad. When the Josh Hader trade ends up as probably the best deal that they made at that deadline, that's that's how you know it was bad. Uh, but there were there were no Josh Hader like trades this year, nothing crazy like that. They told Corbin Burns they weren't going to trade him, and thankfully they did not. Matt Arnold kept to his word. Uh, they didn't trade any of those important guys. I mean, yeah, you trade away Strezelecki from the big league roster, you trade away Urias from the forty man roster, but Far different caliber of players from uh, Josh Hader. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think it's a B as well, maybe a B plus, uh, just because, I mean, they did get two big upgrades offensively. Not as big as as we all would have wanted. But, again, like we're saying, show me where those bats were to get the the bigger upgrades. So there, there were right. no guys with a with a 900 OPS out there on the market uh, that, that they could go get. So, you know, you, you take – your below average positions and you turn them into average positions, you know, combine that with Christian Yelich being above average, William Contreras being above average, uh, Sal Freelich ever since he's called, been called yeah. up being above average. Uh, so you combine it with that and you've got a pretty solidly functioning offense. Uh, as we just saw with this first game here against the, the pirates and they exploded for 14 runs. Maybe that's just facing the pirates. Because it, it's the Pirates. I mean, that's that, that's something that a lot of teams do. But still, it's it's a good enough offense. This team is still going to be built around pitching and defense. That's not going to change. There's no one that they were going to get at the trade deadline that was going to change that. So you do what you can. Uh, you get solid upgrades for your worst positions. And... You didn't give up much of anything to do so. 
which leaves yourself in a very good position to continue to make upgrades going forward. Exactly. They're set up very well going into this offseason, going into next year. You've still got your core intact, both pitching and hitting. Um, you know, who knows what will happen in the offseason, who, you know, with one year remaining of control ends up with or not with the team in the end. But they're set up to better make those moves. Now, there was no there was no reason to move on from a Burns, from an Adamas, from a Woodruff, from, you know, any of those guys at this point. Stay competitive. You'll still get, you know, a good amount for them in the offseason. So um, that's fine as well. It's funny going back to the we joke about the hater trade being the best trade from last offseason. But a lot of that we had set up, you know, to this point was because they were able to flip Ruiz Mm -hmm. for Contreras. If that move doesn't happen. It's still probably the best trade of the deadline because Matt Bush is gone now. (laughs) Matt Bush was so bad. He was so (laughs) bad, but at least for a little bit there, like we we could hold out hope that like, okay, maybe he'll turn into Rangers Matt Bush at some point. And if that happened and the Contreras move never happened, then Matt Bush probably ends up as the best trade of the deadline. But like now that he's gone... Even if Contreras never happened, that hater trade ends up being the best trade of the deadline purely because it got us gasser. And that's, God, that's so sad. Like, I know I don't (laughs) want to rehash last year's trade deadline, but good Lord, was that a disaster. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was the worst possible trade deadline that that ever could have happened. I mean, I, I have never seen anything more bad like, like they're always like oh who are the winners and losers of the deadline that's one of the only times that the brewers were the clearest loser yeah. uh, of all Fair and time. you know this year the the brewers didn't really fall on any winners or losers list they were kind of on the you know and eh, they just kind of you know did some some decent stuff not really winners you know they didn't really go out and get anyone big to make them be like oh that that's a that's a winning move uh, but they're not losers because they didn't do anything stupid this time right. around. So it's just kind of, eh, they're a solid trade deadline. They, they filled some needs. They didn't give up too much to do so. And uh, it, was, it was overall pretty solid. And Matt Arnold said th- this whole time going into this, that the Brewers were going to be adding responsibly, quote unquote, responsibly. Which is a very boring way of saying that they're yeah. having a very boring trade deadline. That's that's pretty much what it is. We're going to be responsible. Yay. Cool. Like, it's. That's good, I guess. It's always good to be responsible. It's not, you know, flashy. It's not shock and awe. The Brewers tried to go for shock and awe uh, last year, and all they ended up with was awe. Aw. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more what they ended up with. So much better this time around. Uh, but it's uh, now it's up to to the team. They've gotten the guys. They've gotten Santana and. Santana was the guy who hit the walk-off home run off of Matt Bush that got Matt Bush kicked off the Brewers roster. So kind of a full circle moment there. Yeah. Uh, But now it's up to, now it's up to these guys. It's up to Carlos Santana and and Mark Canna and Andrew Chafin and and the rest of the guys that are, that are on the Brewers to, to make their push for, for the playoffs and make it happen, man. This is, this is the group we got. Yep. And it is a talented enough group to get the job done. We know what this pitching staff can do. We've seen it for 
years now, honestly, for the the primary core, and we've got Brandon Woodruff coming back soon, and that's yes. gonna be huge. Um, Sunday, so got, right? Yeah. Sunday, exactly. So we've got Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Plus Miley, I love it. Um, plus Hauser actually Hauser tonight. By the way, for Hauser, I felt like got lost a little bit in the shuffle with the offensive explosion tonight, but uh, yeah, it goes you know. Uh, goes six and just gives up a couple there and um so well done adrian hauser um we'll see what the true kind of fifth starter situation looks like for the brewers with you know everything that's going on but the pitching is strong the defense is strong we saw during the first month of the season what the brewers offense can do and we saw tonight what it still can do at its best especially when the freshmen are performing uh, at the level that they can, this team can do it. And the Reds really didn't do much during the trade deadline. And the Cubs really they didn't I mean, do that, anything. That, they that's did. the crazy part. Yeah. Really, like they got Sam Mall, a left-handed reliever from Oakland. Mm-hmm. That was it. They needed so much more pitching. They needed starting pitching. Starting they needed pitching. more relief pitching than just Sam Mall. And they didn't get anything like i know they've got prospects and they are hugging their prospects tightly mm-hmm. but like like the opportunity for the reds is right there yeah i mean they've got a bunch of their guys coming up and they are right there with the brewers like yeah. they've got a very talented core and i get that that you don't want to sacrifice the future because you know you've got it really good coming up these next couple of years but man nothing nothing yeah. more than sam mole it was it was surprising, and then even the Cubs, like they brought in Candelario, and that sucks. But outside of that, not a whole lot either. And so, like I get they're on tear right now, but they also were really bad for a long time for a reason this year. And so the Brewers actually did make some comparatively. The Brewers actually did make some moves. Um, they've been the team in first for most of this season. They keep fighting off. You know, anyone who kind of keeps coming at them. Now the the Cubs seem to be the next team that's going to be coming at them because they just beat up on the Reds for a series. The Brewers are in as good a spot as any team in the NL Central to win the NL Central. They've just got to go out and do it. They can. They are talented enough to do it. They've just got to execute. They cannot yeah. do the same thing as last year and just fade down the stretch. Yeah. But luckily... The Brewers did not make a, any sort of deflating, awful trade that caused them to fade like they true. had last year. Because that, you could tell, that just sunk them. Whatever momentum they're going to be trying to carry, sunk right there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no one no one else really kind of making the, the big moves in the Central. But it was worse than the AL Central. Nobody wants to win that damn division. <laughs> the Twins didn't trade for anybody. And the team in second place sold. They traded away their their best pitcher, Aaron Savali. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was sellers in the division. Nobody wants to win the Central in the American League. It's it's insane. Like people say, oh, the NL Central is the worst division of baseball, or at least now it is. The AL Central is one hundred percent worse. Oh my yes. god, it is awful over there. Seriously, nobody tried to win. There. A few weeks ago, I saw a tweet that 
the Royals, I don't think it was a few weeks ago, it might have just been like a week ago, that the Royals had had their first winning streak of more than two games on the season. And the tweet was like, wait, no, that that can't be right. Can it? Oh, my God. They had not <laughs> won more than two games in a row all year until yeah. they I mean, won the, the, three across two series. Like, it's just, just got the White Sox have been a dumpster fire. Yeah, Rick the same was true of Oakland until they faced the Brewers, not to bring up uh, that pain. Yeah. But, yeah, all of a sudden, like, we thought the Oakland was going to be the worst team of all time. They're, like, neck and neck with the Royals right yep. now for worst record. <laughs> like, the Royals fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought they were already at the bottom. But, my God, they found another cliff. Yeah, I, I'm i not going to lie. I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to name, like, five Royals players at this point. Bobby Witt, Zach Greinke, yep. Salvador Perez. Uh, <laughs> Those are three uh, easy ones. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny Pasquantino, I, oh, uh, his name is fun. Yep, no more Nicky Lopez. He got traded. Nope, he's gone. Um, Whit Merrifield's gone. He's no longer there. Yep, Ben Intendi's um, gone. Uh, Do they still have El- Aldoberto Mondesi? Is he technically? They, I, I don't know. I don't, this is I can't a question remember. for Immaculate Grid. No. Uh, yeah, right? Scott Barlow's gone. Uh, they, they traded away their guys. Aroldis Chapman, he's gone. Um, that is why the Royals are where they are. Can we name five players on the Oakland A's? Well, they got rid of all the former Brewers, except for Ruiz, who are on the team, so it gets harder. Yeah, they, they DFA'd Manny Pena. Jace Peterson, on-base Jace, got traded to, uh, to uh, Arizona. Yeah. Jace Sagular got DFA'd a while ago. Yeah. Um, so I've still got Asturi Ruiz. Um, yep, Asturi Ruiz. Uh, Brent Rooker yet, right? Or did Brent they Rooker, him? yep. Rooker, okay. Um, There's some, um, oh, who's there? Seth Brown. Yep, Seth Who's Brown. That one. Paul Blackburn. Yep. He's like their only uh, veteran starter. We're already better than the Royals. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Ryan Noda. Hey! Hey! We, we, we named five players on the Oakland A's. Which, again, speaks so much worse to the Royals situation that no one even knows who's on that team right now. Yeah. Outside of Bobby Witt and Zach Kroenke. Of course, when Zach Greinke, of course, like we, we'll yes. ne- we can, can never, never forget Greinke. No one can ever forget Zach Greinke. Oh my God, his Hall of Fame speech is going to be incredible whenever it happens. Oh, it, yeah, I, I can't wait. I might buy tickets to that one. Yeah. Whew. Honestly, I hope him and Joey Votto retire in the same year so that they can go into the Hall Dude. of Fame class in the same year. Dude, that that is going to be a sellout at at Hall of Fame weekend. Two freaking characters. Did you see him on MLB Network? Light up Mad Dog? Oh, oh my God, my yes. God. I have never loved Joey Votto more than when he was yelling at Mad Dog. Can, can the Reds just be our rival from now on? Can they be the other good team in the NL Central? Because I don't I really hate much about the Reds. Like They've got players who are fun. For the most part, there were some weird fans. Their fans are good and... and you know, respectful yeah. and nice. Right. They're not assholes like Cardinals fans. 
or Cubs fans or Cubs. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'd be good. Reds, Reds fans, Reds, Cincinnati Reds, please just be, be the neck and neck team with us. I mean, we still want to win the division, but be the, be our yeah. main rivals and we'll, we'll have a good old time. I promise. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have some chili and some beer and it'll be great. But normal chili, not spaghetti chili. That's weird. <laughs> uh, now we're getting hungry. Uh, <laughs> that means it's time to wrap things up. Uh, but, yeah, so trade deadline has come and gone for the Brewers, and uh, now it's uh, time for the uh, playoff push. So we'll see how the Brewers do. They're right there in the in the thick of it in the race. And now we're going to get some food because we are clearly – clearly getting hungry so that'll do it for us uh, we'll see you next time for another episode of the cold Brew podcast